preparing the whole week. <laughs> and I have written and rewritten and written and rewritten my sermon or my teaching or whatever. And then when I was sitting in the pre-meeting, the Lord like, nah, we'll change it a little bit. I'm like, God, I don't do this, eh? I'm not this fly by the seat of your pants kind of person. And um, so I'm going to try, try, um, and do this. Okay, I want to, ah, Lord, I just want to pray that, that your words will be said today and that I won't just wander, but I would hear from you and people would hear from you today in Jesus' name. Amen. I was thinking about the growing up part. When Andrew said that last week, I got quite a shock. I know about you, but when people say grow up, it's not a good thing, is it? It's like stop acting like an idiot. Stop being childish. Isn't that the connotation? And you go, ooh, Disney Lacony, yeah. That's for you guys, eh? Disney Lacony. <laughs> and I thought about it, and then he said, but you can. And I thought, yeah. And then I thought about it the whole week, and I thought, I'm so excited because you know what? We are designed to grow up. We are designed by God from the minute we are born to grow up. Actually, before that, watch a baby. They crawl. They've got to learn to crawl. They fall on their faces. Then they decide they must walk. They've got to learn everything about the environment. God has designed us, guys, to grow up. And when you get born again, you have got to grow up into Christ Jesus. And today I want to give you the inside story of growing up. Because in the Bible, we only hear the glossy bits a lot of the time. And you think, huh, when you come into church, you hear other people. And it's hard. It's really hard when you hear, this guy got a new car. And you're like, God, I've been praying. My car's about to fall apart. It's held together by plastic. Why? Why not? God, why? Why am I not getting healed? My head is going bald from all the praying. Why? And we wrestle. That is the inside story of growing up into Christ Jesus. It's a wrestle. There is anguish involved, guys. Jesus says in, in Hebrews, I'm going to put, you can ask me for the scriptures afterwards, see. Hebrews, Hebrews 3 and 5, he says, The Israelites did not learn to know my ways. They always made the wrong decision. Always. Why? Go and look what the Israelites did in Exodus. In Exodus 15, they are dancing. Woo, Jesus, glory. God has slain our enemies. He's done this marvelous thing. You are our refuge, God. You are our king. By the end of the chapter, they're going, why, God, why? You brought us here to die. Why? Have you read that? The same chapter, guys, three days later. Three days later. They go from, Jesus, <gasps> and then they got the cheek to say, hey, why didn't you leave us in the flesh pots of Egypt where we were eating onions? 
They forgot about the fact they were beaten to death, that they were slaves. Suddenly now, Egypt was the place to be. Why, God, have you brought me here to suffer? They did not learn. They did not learn or understand. Guys, Proverbs says, with all your getting, with all your getting, our world is all about getting, getting, getting. With all your getting, get knowledge. Get understanding of God, God's way, and then you will get wisdom. In all your getting, cry out to God for knowledge and understanding of God's way. Why? I'll tell you why. 1 Corinthians 2 tells you God's ways are not our ways. Your mind, it talks about the carnal mind. You know, we talk about the world. Hey, your body is part of the world. Your mind. About, the Bible says your carnal mind is hostile. Do you know what hostile means? Like, in your face. Hostile to God. And if you don't believe me, let God tell you to do something. Has God ever said to you, give a thousand rand to that person? Your mind will give you 10 million reasons why not immediately. It's like, I'm sure they just got a new car the other day. In fact, I think that's a new dress she's wearing. God, I need a thousand rand. I need a thousand rand. Your mind is hostile to God. God's way is not the way of the world. And we have been brought up in the way of the world. We think like the way of the world. And Corinthians 2, 1, 2 says, the things that God has prepared for us hasn't even entered our heart or mind. We cannot begin to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. You've got to grow up in Christ. You've got to, dis you've got to develop spiritually through knowing the word of God, through listening to sermons, through coming to church, through talking to people, and then you've got to do you know, you said, I want to be better. What did you say? You want to grow up? And there's only one way. There's only one way, God said when you said that. Total surrender. Total surrender to God. What did Michelle talk about? Wrestling with God. Not understanding God. What is going on here? And then surrendering. Like, if this is it, God, that's okay. We are called to surrender. We are not called to become Christians so that our lives can be great. God will bless us, yes, but that's not what you're called to. You're called to learn to walk in the way of God. That's what God says, learn my ways. Know my ways. Do my ways. It's all about a Jacob wrestle. What did Jacob do? He lied and he cheated to get the birthright. He wanted it so much. He wanted God so much. He crooked to get it. And he paid a high price. He spent 20 years being lied to and cheated by Laban and his sons. And he got a wife that never stopped moaning. Do you know that? That's the inside story. He had a wife who never stopped complaining. Why don't you love me? The other one, why don't you give me children? And he's like, oh, Lord Jesus. And then 
is being crooked and the brothers hate him. And it's like, God, is this, is this my life? Then he go, God says, okay, time to go back. And he thinks, I have sacrificed. And that's what Christianity is, eh? It's sacrifice, guys. It's suffering. It's wrestling. It's anguish. And he goes back and he thinks, have you ever had a moment in your life like that? We've had a few. With this is it. This is it. We're going down the tube here. This is the end of the road. He thought everything, my children, everything, my wives, my moaning my wives, are going to be wiped out by Esau. And he spends the night crying, wrestling with God, like, God, why? God, where are you? God, I won't let go of you until you bless me. There's only one way, and it's God's way. Hold on to God. Learn to wrestle with God. In 46 years of our lives, let me tell you, there's not a year that has gone by without challenges where we have had to wrestle with God and try to understand what is going on here. Stephen talked about 81. In 81, we were excited about God. In fact, our lives were the church. We went to church we went to Bible school on Monday night. On Tuesday night, we listened to tapes and read books to write exams. Wednesday night, we ran a home south. Thursday night, we studied. Friday, we prepared to do a children's church on Sunday morning. Sunday night, we were at church. We spent four hours looking after children on Sunday morning. We were in the prayer meeting. Our whole lives were serving God, getting to know God. And one day... Oh, you, when God speaks to you, you tremble. One day we were sitting in a meeting worshiping God, and he, God spoke to me and he spoke to Stephen. And he said, I want you to go to America to the faith convention. We were going to England for his mother's wedding. And I thought, this cannot be God. Remember? Re no, you won't remember. Some people will remember. <laughs> Some people will remember those days. We'd only just, just got television in the country, basically. It only started at 5 o'clock in the afternoon. We only had Jan van Craven. What was his name? Rian. Local news, guys. That, that was us. I was, I was from Orkney Snortney. Okay. I was not looking to travel the world. I was a small town girl. I did not want to go to America. This was not the desire of my heart, okay? And Stephen came out and he said the same. And we were too scared of God, the fear of God. When you've heard God, you better know, you better do what God has told you to do. When you want to serve God, when you walk, I, I thought, God, okay. And we scrimped and we saved because... The other story is that the first three years of our married life was, they were really challenging, <laughs> particularly for me. But we ended up those first three years in serious debt, one thing and another. And we got, when we got into the church, guess what God said? How do you get out of debt, guys? Anybody know? You start tithing and you start giving. God's ways aren't our ways. And we thought, God, 
do you understand the situation we're in? We don't have money. We are not, our money is not enough. That is why we got into debt. Our money is not enough. And God says, tithe. Why do we tithe? We honor God. We're saying, God, everything I have belongs to you. The second thing giving and tithing does is it breaks the hold of money of your life. Because the minute God says give, the, the mind, the, your mind will say no. <laughs> no, absolutely. Get behind me, Satan. This is not God. Can I have another number up there, please? You know? And we started... We were scrimping and saving. In fact, I lived on tuna at one point. And I hate tuna, but we did it. We believe God for everything. Now we have to believe God for money to go to America where we don't want to go. But we did. And we were doing it. I don't know, maybe some of you have heard this story, but Stephen came home from work on Wednesday and he was so excited. He says, I've been to the travel agent, our tickets are ready, Saturday I'm buying them, it's a go. And we were so excited and he went back to work and he walked in and they said, what are you doing here? And he said, what do you mean I work here? He said, no you don't, not anymore, you've been transferred to Evander, never heard of it, it's the Durin gone. And we said, ha! This is not God. And he came home and he said, and we said, okay, we'll go up there tomorrow. And we will pray and we will hear from God. And we went up to Evander and all the way we were walking. We were like, this is not God. This is not God. No, in Jesus' name. In Jesus. Back, devil, go. This is not God. We cut off the plans of the enemy in Jesus' name. And we got in the car going home. And I, my, this is not my son's doctrine, I must tell you. But I was off everything. I was quoting every scripture. And a speed cop jumped out. And he fined us for going 50 in a, in a 40 zone. I could have killed him, I promise you. Ah, next day, um, th Friday morning, I'm dancing in the back room. Cutting off every work of darkness. I'm Praying, God, you'll make a way where there seems to be no way. You'll make rivers in the desert, way in the wilderness. And I come out and my domestic says, the guy dropped this off for you. <sighs> Hallelujah, Jesus. You know what it was? It was a summons. It was a summons to go to court. I'm like, <sighs> breathe, just breathe, just breathe. <laughs> Jesus. My son comes home, he says, by the way, I resigned because uh, they said, if I don't take this job, I must resign. <laughs> like, <sighs> three days, three days, guys, we lost all our money. It was the credit card we'd paid, but because I suffer from lack of occurrence, I used to go to the bank and pay the credit card at the Standard Bank with a Standard Bank credit card at the machine. They used to do physical machines. You guys don't know about them. Fizzy, I thought, surely... They must know where we are. Why don't we get an account? So in my wisdom, <clears throat> I decided that these guys, they're going to let us keep paying forever. If we stop paying, then they'll wake up and send us an account. <laughs> well, they did wake up and they sent us. Suddenly they found us. 
Apparently, we hadn't given them a forwarding address. I thought, stupid me, that the Standard Bank actually spoke to the Standard Bank credit card division. Apparently, they don't. So, anyway, long story short, three days, and the bottom dropped out of our world. I, I'm serious, I could hardly breathe. The fear inside of me was like, and it's like, God, we're serving you. We're tithing. We're doing the children's ministry. We're in Bible school. We're obeying you, going to America. We're doing everything we know. Have you been there? Doing everything we know. And the bottom drops out. It's like, God, where are you? That wrestling, wrestling with God. Like, I don't understand. I don't understand. That's what I'm talking about. Learning. God's way, learning to understand that God's way is not our way. Our minds cannot grasp the way God operates. Long story short, we went to church. We didn't tell anybody because I could hardly breathe. And I know fear and faith don't operate at the same time. So the best thing to do was not to say anything. Monday, Stephen, a friend came to stay with us and we told her anyway. She said, and the pastor's wife found us and said, you know the faith movement? Believe for a better job, a better salary, a better... Every-. And I thought, are you out of your tiny mind? Any job, any... <laughs> Long story short, we got another job. Stephen walked in and he said, another man, he said, I need a job. They had said, oh, well, I think we've got one. But they said, he said, I want to go on holiday for five weeks, two weeks after I start. And they said, oh... That might be a problem, but God did it. But here's the thing, guys. After all that, you would think, you would think that that was such a blessed time we had in America. Do you think that? It was a battle from start to finish. We landed in New York and we got robbed. We landed at the conference and found that we were out here and the conference was in the city center and we couldn't get a car. The bus wouldn't work. We had to believe God to get to the convention. Then we had to pray the whole day to find a lift home. Thousands of people, and we didn't know any of them. God's ways. We landed at the end of this whole faith trip. We landed in New Orleans, and they had an air controller strike. Guys, this is before automatic money transfers. This is before WhatsApp and the internet. We were stoxilalian in America. No cell phone, no money, no credit card. And they tell us the plans aren't going to go. And we sat in that airport and we prayed and we held on to God. We didn't understand what was happening, but we held on to God. And he got us out of there. Now, I told you all that to tell you this. When you go through these things, when you wrestle with God, you develop knowledge and understanding of God. You develop spiritual muscles. You develop spiritual discernment. And you can bank that stuff. Do you know how you say, I'll take that to the bank? That's the truth. The next time, God says in Isaiah, remember Remember who I am. Remember what I've done for you. Remember. You can remember. 
I remember when the world found out in three days. You can remember. Now I want to just go on so you can bank that knowledge and every time you can go back to God. But what God said to me is what he's calling us into is the Garden of Gethsemane. Jesus wrestled with God. He wrestled with God all night. What did he say? He said, God, if there is another way, if there is an easier way, what are we always looking for, guys? The easy way, the quick solution. It's like, God, please, the easy way, the quick. We don't want to suffer, and God is saying today, will you enter in to my suffering? Do you know what that is? It's, we think, oh, that's being crucified on the cross. Maybe. That's being put in prison, having your head cut off. But the truth is, suffering is wanting God, wanting God's way and being willing to wrestle and cry and pray and wait and hold on to God when you cannot understand what is going on. When you cannot, when there is no answer to your why. People whose children who have died and they go, I don't understand why. Okay? That is what God is calling us to, guys. Is to enter in to the Garden of Eden and, and surrender. You know, we all want Jesus to help us live better lives. And God wants to bless us. And God wants to love us. But he's saying, you know, this morning Pierre was talking about when he proposed. And we were discussing, Anton, I mean, why, why does a guy have to go down? I'm not going to go all the way. I might not get up. Why? Why do you kneel? I don't know. But my answer for, was that it's a total surrender and humbling. It's like humbling yourself before this woman and saying, you are so beautiful, you're so wonderful, I love you. Will, will you consider marrying me? And it's also a form of honoring. But it's like we've got to lay down our lives. It's not coming to Jesus and getting everything you want and being blessed. It's coming to Jesus and saying, God, I surrender. Whatever you want, I surrender to you today. I might never have all the things I want, but I want Jesus. That is my passion. I know it's Andrew's passion. For the joy. It says Jesus, for the joy that was set before him. Let me tell you, in all the anguish, in all the anguish of the 46 years, we've had many, many times where we've wrestled like that, lost jobs, had no money, didn't know what was going on. I'd still be terrified. But I knew God, and I held on to God. And I said, God, your way, not my way. It's a total surrender to God. And that is my passion. And what I want to tell you is the joy. Even in the suffering, even in the suffering and the hard things, you have the joy. You know why? Because in the suffering, when we were not having transport and we were crying out to God and a guy pops up and sits next to you at the, at the bus station. You don't know him from anywhere. And he says, I'll fetch my car and take you. And you know that is God. When your plan comes and nobody else's plan comes, that is God. 
And that, for me, is like amazing. Money cannot buy that joy of seeing God work in your life, seeing God coming through. But to see God like that, you have to surrender. Corrie ten Boom in the concentration camps totally surrendered to God. Her whole family died. But for the joy of leading those Jewish people to Jesus, she counted it joy. Guys, God is calling us to total surrender. Warren was saying this morning, we're in the last day. What? We really are at a time where God is calling us, not commitment to build churches, buildings. God is saying, we've got to build the kingdom. This is the kingdom of God. Build the kingdom into you. And there's only one way, is surrender. And it includes suffering and anguish and hardship. It does. But the joy. There is joy. Jesus wrestled and he came out and he was at peace. What did you say? You wrestled, you came out, still had pain, but you had peace. Because you surrendered. This is, God, I surrender. And he went to the cross and people were horrible to him. And he said nothing. He was surrendered to God's will. So I just want to pray for you right now. And I'm asking you, if God is asking you today, will you surrender unconditionally to the will of God in your life? Father God, I just pray. Oh, Lord, I surrender. I surrender my life to you, Lord. I know I hold on with my faith to a lot of things. And I believe you. And it works. But God, to get to a place where I say, your will, not mine, be done. Even though my mind is screaming that I don't want to do this, Lord. My body is terrified. I want to bow my knee, Lord, and I want to surrender all. I want to surrender my life to you this morning. I pray for these people that they may know you, God, that they may understand your ways. Lord, I know that even our understanding and knowledge is so, 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 so small, but it's enough. You are enough. So, Father, we just thank you for the blood of Jesus. We thank you that he died for us. We thank you, Father, that with confidence we can kneel before you because you will give us the courage. You will give us the strength. You will give us whatever it is we need to live our lives for you, Jesus. Amen. Amen.